Hello, and welcome to Product Packaging and Profit, where we help product-based businesses turn packaging design into a competitive edge to attract customers, grow sales, and boost profits. I'm Kelly Kempel. After 20 years of designing packaging for national retailers, I founded Hidden Path Creative, a graphic design studio that supports entrepreneurs with branding and packaging to get their products seen and sold. I'm sharing the secrets that launch big brands so your products can stand out. Let's get started. I am so excited to bring you our first guest episode of 2023. Today, you are going to hear me chat with Andrea Libros. She is a coach, speaker, and podcast host, and soon to be a published author who is known for helping bold, ambitious women make clear, confident decisions so that they get exactly what they want every time, and not just add another thing to their to-do list. Andrea's clients become I've got this kind of women by creating their own custom secret sauce for success in both life and business. The sauce has just two ingredients, the right mindset and solid systems. Andrea shows women how to shift from believing what they want is impossible, complex, and daunting to possible just by simplifying, making things doable and fun, even the systems and adding confidence. Andrea's signature process leads them to find success on their own terms and ultimately joy and freedom in life and in business. Andrea and I had so much fun chatting about planning for 2023, setting a vision, and then breaking that vision down into really attainable steps that help you build traction really fast. I am so excited to share this interview with you. Enjoy. All right. Hi, Andrea. I am so happy to have you on Product Packaging and Profit today. I am so happy to be here, Kelly. This is kind of a fun topic for me. Your podcast is a fun topic for me. Oh, good. Good. I I like to hear that. To get started, could you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your business? Yeah, I would love to do that. So I help women, female entrepreneurs, run their businesses so that they can be simple, doable, and fun. So I am really big on how can we make this simple, doable, and fun, profitable. Yes. And manageable with all the other things that are going on in their lives. So I like to say we all wear lots of hats and juggling all the hats is really tricky most of the time. And I find that women who own their own businesses or are earning income, some like commission, somehow they're in charge of their own, their own take-in. They struggle a lot to wear all the hats and they sometimes start overthinking things in a way that uh, doesn't make things, not, not simple, easy, and doable. It's kind of mm-hmm. in, a, in a, they make things way more complicated than they have to be. And then things start to get not so fun. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Like, I just want things to be simple and easy. My husband makes fun of me. He says, I want an easy button for everything, but I'm like, yes. Why does it have to be hard? Well, it doesn't really have to be hard. I think, (laughs) I think the thing is, I just was talking about this with a client this morning and she was saying to me, she actually has some debt, some business debt Mm. and, and like, but she's used it to help grow her business to, you know, she had to have some capital. And she's like, when that, when I pay off all of that debt, then everything's going to be amazing. 
Okay. So it's kind of one of those, or, you know, when I, I had another client today, actually, sadly, she just experienced a miscarriage, but she hasn't told anyone. So when I tell everyone, it's all going to be better. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, totally two different circumstances, yeah. but I like to say, you know what, then something else is hard is going to happen. So why don't we just think about this as you're just getting really good at doing hard things. Mm-hmm. How about that? Let's yeah. let's like, I'm getting good at doing hard things. Not when it, when this happens, it'll all be easy. I just mm-hmm. want to get good at doing hard things. Yeah. Cause you're right. Every time, every time you get to that place of like there, something else comes up. Like it's, yeah, it's a never ending hamster wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Life's 50, so, 50. <laughs> yeah. So what inspired you to help women with their business and make them easy, simple, and fun? Yeah. So a little background is I, before I started my own coaching practice, which now is almost five years ago, which seems crazy. I really was coaching in a different way. I was working in a more corporate setting where I was doing recruiting and hiring and training of new kind of like franchise owners in a sense. They really Mm -hmm. weren't, but they have a strange business model. That's the best, most simplified way I can explain it. So I would bring on all these, it was all females. I would bring them on and people would get going and, you know, they, then they reached the place where things weren't so fun anymore. Like it was hard, right? So they would get to this whole place saying, oh, my family's suffering because I'm not there enough, or I should be further along, or I don't know how to do this, all those kinds of things. And that's really when I started coaching. Like that was really what I was doing at that point. Then I wasn't training anymore. I was coaching. And so when I had decided to step away from that corporate role, I was like, okay, what did I really love about my job? I stayed there for 10 years. So I must've liked something. Yeah. And really what I liked was that point, like helping women get over that hump in their business and some men too, but it was kind of like a order for them to get to that next level. They had to make a series of decisions and probably sometimes some hard decisions and coaching them through how to make those decisions. I kind of call it like the elbow of the line graph. So, you know, you're kind of going up and then you plateau and then to get to that next up level, there's like a little elbow where the line, you know, and so to make the decisions in that elbow, that was really challenging to me, but yet so satisfying. And I kind of always said my goal or my vision for these women was that one day they were going to walk into their kitchen where their whole family was, and they were going to say tomorrow. I'm going to this conference because I need to go and you all are going to be okay. Or tomorrow I'm going to spend this money on my business because it needs this and it's all going to be okay. So helping them get that clarity for what they really need to do next, the confidence to do it, managing their time around it. Like I like to say how you manage your time is a reflection of how you manage your mind. So not using that. I don't have any more time to think about Mm -hmm. this excuse and then helping them turn what at that point, at that little elbow, you see a lot of obstacles. Your brain sees lots of obstacles Mm -hmm. and helping them really turn those obstacles into opportunities. So those four things, clarity, confidence, managing your mind so you can manage your time and turning obstacles into opportunities have really turned into kind of my signature process of helping business owners grow businesses that they love 
that are always moving forward, making money, and they're managing their life at the same time. That is, it's so empowering to think about it that way. It I is. Look, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Like and I, it's I, hard to yes. do it, but it's so empowering. I mean, I need help myself. <laughs> yeah. So we yes. all need a little so. support to like, look at something and say like, Hey, that's going to be okay. So I yeah, really, like I am a business and life coach, but I have my own business and life coach. You know, we all, <laughs> we all need them. <laughs> so, so that's what I do. So I've kind of that, that is the premise or the basis or foundation of my current business. Okay. And I help, I help businesses that from, I call them like beer to champagne. So the people that are just starting out, like pounding the pavement <laughs> all the way to multi-million dollar CEOs. And I, and I, I love actually following them along their journey, but I don't have to do that. I can catch up at any point they're at. <laughs> That's fantastic. So one of the reasons why we wanted to chat today was because it is the beginning of 2023. It's that time of year when everybody's looking to refresh, make a plan for the year, look at goals, maybe resolutions. Although I'm not a resolution maker, I'm a, let's make a goal and a plan and go after something. So for like all of our business owners that are listening, as they're starting to look at 2023, what do you think is like something they should be focused on when they're thinking about their goals and their plan for the year? Yeah. I think just thinking about goals and goals and planning can oftentimes be scary. And in fact, in my coaching group, in one of my groups this week, we started talking about goals and some brave woman raised her hand and said, you know, Andrea, every time you say the word goals, I just want to cringe. Like it just makes mm -hmm. me want to roll, roll up in a ball. So we had a little discussion about that and why that is. And I think there's lots of reasons why people shy away from goals or resolutions or whatever it may be, but what they're not giving equal airtime to are all the reasons, the great reasons to set them or look at them. Like they're mm. only giving airtime to the reasons maybe not. And a lot of times it's because they don't think the, the not is they never reach them or they just seem so heavy and ominous. Yeah. So, which is fair, right? If you're, if you're doing it in a way that you write something down and it gets shoved in a drawer or you can't find it on your Google drive in a week and right. let alone next December, like, what did I write for 2023? You know? <laughs> So I like to kind of, there's two ways I approach this. It clearly depends like where you're at in your business or in your thinking. One way I approach it is really create, helping them create two parts, a vision and then getting some traction. So the, the first part of our planning process is really, okay, what do you picture this business to look like in 10 years, in mm -hmm. three years? What are your core values, which are going to help you decide who you want to hire or fire? And what's your core focus, which is going to help you determine who you're marketing to. Mm. So all of that, those pieces we walk through, those are all part of your vision. Then you kind of get into, all right, now what do I do? Because our brains, whenever we talk about like getting to work, we, our brain goes to the action piece. Like yes. that is work equals action. But I like to pause and say, really the work, the, the hardest work is the thought work, which is in that vision piece. That's where really the big smart. thinking happens, right? So mm -hmm. that's I, my, another one of my phrases is that's the work worth doing. Actually, I have a podcast mm -hmm. episode called the work worth doing. <laughs> the work <laughs> worth doing is really the thinking work. 
Mm-hmm. So that can kind of go up into that vision piece. And, and I work through a process. Then we get to the, the traction piece, which is the action. And that's where you're going to set some one-year goals, quarterly, a quarterly areas of focus, and figure out are there any outstanding things that I need to deal with at some point. And yeah. how you write those goals I follow up with something called the smarter framework, which includes, it's not just smart, which everybody's familiar with, yeah. but smarter includes ha- using the words exciting and risky. Ooh. Yes. I want to hear so more if, about exciting and risky. Yeah. So if the goal is not exciting to you, if you feel like it's something you just should do or it quote unquote makes sense, then guess what? It's not going to be fun. And it's not going to get done. Yeah. It's so true, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's not exciting, then you're not going to do it. No offense. Okay. (laughs) The less, the the risky part is we like to write goals that are attainable. Okay. But if they're attainable, then they're not really too risky. And it's probably not something that's going to push you out of your comfort zone. Like you already would have done it already. Yes. Well, I mean, I can be safe to say that I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Well, that's not like, okay, great. But what if we made this risky goal where we said you're going to make 300,000 and you maybe get to it. Maybe you only got to 250, but that's way more than a hundred. Yeah. So so it needs to have a, a risky element in there too, in order to keep you on track. So vision, work through kind of some questions there and in a couple different sections, and then the traction, which is the one-year goals, and then kind of a quarterly focus and then issues. So another way to really think about this though, if you want to, which I think a lot of my clients do is they don't really, if this seems like daunting to them, then mm-hmm. we kind of go to plan B which would be, okay, what are your priorities? Yeah. What are you going to, what are you going to focus on in the next 90 days? Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to schedule or what are your next steps? So okay. that's more of thinking about it as priorities, areas of focus and scheduling kind of in that order. We like to go right to like the schedule and yeah. put it somewhere without having really figured out like, does this align with my priorities today or this year rather, or right. in this time frame? It's like, why am I, why am I working on this social media today? Like, is this really help? Why, why does this feed into something bigger today? My client said we were actually, we we're working on goals and you know, it was, there was a marketing goal that had to do with social media. Okay. And it was, you know, post three times a week, one reel, one story, one post. Okay. I was like, great. Why? She's like, well, I need to, you know, stay in front of people. Why do you need to stay in front of people? What have you learned? She's like, well, I've learned that a lot of times when I stay in front of people, especially past clients come back. Okay. Now she also told me that she hates social media. (laughs) She doesn't (laughs) like doing it. Tell me that part too. So I said to her, are there other ways that work for you to get in front of these people? Like, does it have to be social media? And just by making her pause and figure out what might accomplish the same or get to the same, address the same priority, Mm -hmm. we kind of tweaked her area of focus to really go more towards email than social media. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, so getting to the root of what you're trying yeah. to do before deciding on what that task is really, because right. there's right. so many different ways to get to the same. There result. are, there's yes. And a lot of times, like if I'm doing my job, right, what I'm doing is I am asking a lot of good questions to help mm-hmm. you get the result you're looking for in a way that aligns with who you are, what you're bigger dreams are, who you are in your personal life too. Like if you think it's just going to be impossible for you to go speak on 10 stages this year, cause that's not going to work. Then like, okay, yeah. we don't have to do that. Let's figure no. out a different way. <laughs> so, so kind of really assessing what you're doing on a daily basis, integrating that, but going, but making sure that it aligns with the bigger vision. So that all the actions or traction piece aligns with your bigger vision. And it's really hard to do this on your own. I mean, yeah. 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 So yeah. I would assume then since it's hard to do on your own, you recommend that somebody work with a coach or they've got to work group? with someone. Yeah. Okay. They've got to work with, like, I think there needs to be a, I like to say, who's your person on your personal board of directors. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing most of your audience doesn't have a board of directors. I um, don't think so. No. Yeah. But you can establish your own personal board of directors and kind of who do you need to help fill certain roles in that, on that board of directors, you've got to have someone that's asking you the hard questions that are mm-hmm. helping you think through things. You've got to have a sounding board. You've got to have someone, and this is a big passion of mine that helps you look at numbers. Ah, okay. Cause I was and, just thinking as you're talking about this, I'm like, you know, I've heard many people talk about having a personal board of directors, but I haven't heard people say the thing that you just said, which is you have to have people on your board of directors to fill certain roles. So yes. I, I love that you're saying you need somebody with numbers. You need somebody that's going to ask you hard questions. And I'd love to hear what other people you, you recommend people have on their personal board of directors, but I think it's good to know that like, it's not necessarily going to be the same person, the same person with the numbers, not necessarily be the same person with the hard questions. Right. It's, it's, it, it isn't going to be all the same person. Right. So like with my clients, I like to say, I'm going to be the person that's asking you the hard questions. I'm going to be the person that's going to help you establish a roadmap, a framework, a plan. I'm going to be the person that's going to, I will help you look at numbers. In fact, I have a kind of a branch of my coaching that I call money confidence. Mm-hmm. And um, I will, I have a, a kind of an assistant coach that helps you set up a way to look at cash flow, which is not QuickBooks. QuickBooks is an after the fact <laughs> event. <laughs> I'm all about QuickBooks and things like that, but that's after the fact. And you can't make decisions after the fact. You have to make decisions before the fact of how you're yes. going to spend your money. Mm-hmm. So I use a tool called you need a budget. So I've got someone that helps you set that all up, but then I can help Q and a you on it. Once it's set up, you've got to have someone, and this is not me. You've got to have someone on your board of directors that can help you with legal matters. Yes. So if one of your goals, right? Like, especially with what you're doing, like if one of your goals this year is create some new packaging and it needs to be, you know, approved trademark, whatever that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then you need someone on your legal team and not someone kind of like on the side that maybe you can ask a question or two. It's like, who's your go-to person for that? Right. Oh no, definitely. And there's, you know, at least in packaging, there's like a couple different people. It's like, I've got my 
trademark attorney that I refer all my clients to when it comes to trademarks, but then you've got somebody different when it comes to product claims or regulations, or if you have a food product, making sure that you have a compliance Mm -hmm. expert that you can go to that can help you with those things. It's, yeah, it's, it's so important from, from that legal standpoint. It is. Yeah. Yeah. If you start to to, like hire people or have contracts, even just subcontractors with people, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other, like a different facet of legal right? Yes. That you've got to have someone kind of looking at that marketing, right? Yes. You kind of have to have like a, a marketing go-to. Also, I think there's something that we neglect is really how you're going to manage, manage the people, hmm. <laughs> managing the people. So do you need kind of a business manager to help manage the people that are in your business? Or are you, are you doing that role yourself? And you very well could be, but how are you then making decisions on who the right people are? So yes. what's your framework for making decisions? Sometimes I do a lot of questioning around that, but you do need to have a personal board of directors and they need yeah. to fulfill different roles. And I hate to say this, but usually those people on your board of directors are not your family and friends. You can become <laughs> friendly with them. <laughs> you can become friendly with them. But yes. They're not the best. And kind of going full circle back to like, we talked about doing hard things. The reason is those people, like they, they're your biggest cheerleaders, right? And they're there to support you, but they're not there to see you struggle. Like they don't want things to be hard. No, they want things to be easy. Right. So if you've got to make some hard decisions, like they are not the people to help you make the hard decisions. Cause they just don't want to see you in that place kind of, right. Of, of a, they're, of a quandary. Right. They're going to, they're going to build you up. They're going to be very supportive. And then a lot of times, you know, our friends and family don't necessarily understand what we do because we all have they different don't. backgrounds. <laughs> they don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand what we do. And I think I find this a lot with women and money. They even if they've got like a million dollar business, it's not like we're talking $2. They'll still go to their husbands just to kind of like talk something through money-wise, but the husband isn't in the business. Right. It's not like they don't really know what's going on. And I, I mean, I talked to my husband, but the, they're not the best advisors because again, they're not real. They're not your brain. You're the one that needs to make the decision. And they also have ulterior motives and different things they're thinking about. Not what mm-hmm. you don't have. You should not, not be thinking about them too, but like you need to keep your business brain on and that's right. kind of muddying the waters. Mm-hmm. No, that makes, that makes total sense. It's, and one of the things that I think about when you talk about that is that my husband and I approach things from two totally different perspectives. He's very analytical. I'm very creative. I'm very much go with your gut. He's like, get all of the information. And, you know, that makes for like two very different approaches to decision-making. And it's good to have that sounding board. But again, I might be, you know, he may not have all of the information that I have being in the business to make the Mm -hmm. decision. Mm -hmm. And and you don't, he doesn't have the historical knowledge either or how things went down in the past. But um, I always say like your family and friends, no one ever tells me they're not supportive. Like 
the best, the friend, the yeah. best. They're very supportive. Everybody always tells me that. Okay, cool. So what do you think they're going to say? Like if you asked them this question, oh, they'd tell me to do whatever I think is best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so why are we asking? Yeah. So what do you think is best? <laughs> right. So, so honestly, if you want to like go back to this business plan, I mean, you need to go back to your business plan and look and kind of use that as a decision-making tool. Like, is this decision I'm trying to make, does it align with where I want to go? Is this yeah. moving me towards my 10 year vision? Or even if it's five years, if you can't think to 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that, that becomes kind of a friend to you and a guide and actually a little bit of a security blanket. If upfront you've done the thinking needed to, required to create that plan. Yeah. So that's, that's why I think it's really important. And that's why I, when I do that, usually I say, let's do, I guess I call it a strategy and planning day. Mm -hmm. And we take a chunk of time and we, we knock it out, but it's, it's not just a 20 minute exercise. That, that makes but, sense that so you really need yeah. to spend the time to really focus in on that. You do. Okay. You so do. I'm going to throw you a curveball because as you're talking about this and I love like, you know, having that vision, having that five, 10 year vision, and then coming back to that and using that as your guidepost and you're really mapping this out. But how do you account for in that? And I think this is why, as you just said, if you can't think forward to a, to a 10 year vision, and I'm probably one of those people that can't, because from a creative standpoint, I'm like, well, I need to leave some room for like the magic and the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. how does somebody build that into their plan for the year, into their, like their long-term yep. vision? So, okay. So two things for that. So number one, we do know, cause we've, we're human and we've experienced this before that there will be quote unquote emergencies or things that come up that you didn't expect. So I literally just had a conversation with a client. I've been working with her for over a year and we were talking about what she wants to do this year, right before I got on this call. <laughs> and she said, I have to get better at, how did she put it? Basically she wants to work towards something, but then something suddenly comes up or there she gets derailed as she calls it, or either by an idea that's great or something that happened, maybe that's not so great. And so I said to her, I was like, listen, these aren't like coming out of the sky. You know that something is going to happen. So if we're talking from a very tactical standpoint, you need to leave yourself margin for these quote unquote emergence, unexpected yet expected emergencies. Okay. okay. So that's from a very like tactical standpoint on a day to day. <laughs> if we're talking 10 years though, all right. And how do we know what's going to come up between now and then mm -hmm. when we're talking 10 year vision, I describe it as you are just sitting there and you are picturing your in 10, where you're going to be in 10 years. It's just a big fuzzy Renaissance type painting on the wall. Okay. okay. So you know how the Renaissance paintings have kind of like blurred lines that aren't very yes. crystal clear. We're not talking modern art. Okay. So <laughs> the 10 year vision is a very blurry picture and it may only be able to be described in a three, four, five words, a very short sentence. Okay. But that's enough to serve as kind of a rudder on a ship. Like, I like that okay. general direction. And even more important than what it looks like is really how do you want to feel in 10 years? So I think it like how you want to feel in 10 years, how you want to feel in three years, how you want to feel in December. How do you want to feel in December? 
that is a huge guidepost. So if you want to feel like things are flowing and you're doing things with ease, then when you're kind of deciding on what you want to work on, that should be in the back of your mind. Like, is this contributing to me making things simple, doable, and fun, easy, flowing, or is this actually complicating things, kind of muddying the waters? Yeah. That's a really so, good way to, that's a really good way to think about it. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself, how do you want to feel? Not, oh, I mean, you can get into like, what do you want your revenue to be? You can get into all the numbers too, mm -hmm. but Asking yourself how you want to feel is important no matter how far we're looking out. And then the farther we get out, it's like the fuzzier the picture gets, the blurrier yeah. the lines get. Mm -hmm. And giving yourself that leeway um, so you're, is you're very not, important. It's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But you, you're saying like, it's okay. It's not going to be like, you're not going to map out your like 10-year plan to like the very minute detail. No. You just no, have an idea of where you're going. Yes. Yes. So I have a client who she's a landscape architect and designer, and they design pools and landscapes in Southern California. And she also has like this other brainstorm idea that she is working with some private investors on okay. and, but she can't tell anyone else should have to kill us. So <laughs> she, so, but, but really her idea is that in five years, this landscape architect business is like running on its own. Okay. And she is full-time in the other business. So she's got to make decisions based on that future self. Okay. Yes. So I like to say, you got to go access your future self. The podcast episode that actually from my podcast, Time to Level Up, that was released today has something about being future focused in the title. I forget exactly what it is, but how do you shift to being future focused? Okay. And that is super important in this whole discussion of, planning and vision and, and what do I do tomorrow? So mm -hmm. if you go to your past self, like they're not going to know No, they didn't do it. So if you're like, well, I've yeah. never done this before. Okay. Well, cool. Like you're going to do it in the future. So let's go find out how to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or based on my past experience, the past is, it can be a teacher, but it's not a fortune teller. Ooh, so that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So she, like with her, we're really working on like, let's go to the crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> what do we want this to really look like and feel like, and let's make our decisions based on that. As she kind of transitions to playing a, a lesser of a role in business number one and brings business number two on board. Okay. All right. So this is why it's so important to start with that vision. It so, is. Yes, it is. Look, it we've is. just taken it full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. So everybody this year should be starting with a vision and then really kind of breaking down some areas of focus, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, you know, create, creating that vision is very important. There's a few episodes on that vision or a slash priorities, if that seems yes. too daunting to you. And then figuring out what you're going to focus on in the next, say, 90 days, and then scheduling it into your calendar. Ooh, which okay. We could have a whole podcast episode on that. I believe but, it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, right. and as you're doing this, you need to make sure that you've got some clarity. You've got confidence to do hard things, mm -hmm. which means kind of quieting that little voice in the back of your head that says, are you sure you can do this? Mm -hmm. You've got kind of a grip on your time. 
And you're not thinking of everything as like, oh boy, here's another obstacle. How can you twist that and change your thinking? So you're like, oh, this is an amazing opportunity. That's going to help you. That's going to be, that's going to be super helpful for everybody this year. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to kind of bring this back to packaging and I want to ask you the same question we ask everybody on the show, which is what is the last product or item that you bought because of the packaging? So we are building a house and we were looking at furniture and we were in restoration hardware. Oh, love that. Yes. So I thought, I knew you were going to ask me this. So I was thinking about it and we were in restoration hardware last week. And I don't know if you've been in restoration hardware anytime recently, but they have beautiful towels and linens and they actually are packaged very simply with kind of a ribbon, almost tied okay. around like a package of say two bath towels or tied with this little ribbon kind of thing. Ooh. And it just makes it look very crisp and clean. Mm-hmm. So I decided that originally my decision was like, we're not getting towels until we move into this new house. Like that's not a good purchase right now. Mm-hmm. But I just decided that as I was going through this torturous move process, that it was okay if I had some new towels. Yeah. <laughs> and I but- bought some. Oh, good. <laughs> and it really was because like that, the, uh, the, the store in and of itself, but particularly these towels gave me this feeling of kind of calm, cool, luxurious, like everything's going to be okay. You know, you're going to get through this. It like gave me that feeling that I really am looking for at this moment based on in that whole process. And that's, I went for it. That's amazing. So simple, really super simple pack. I mean, it's not really even a package in and of itself, but it's packaging. It is packaging. I mean, packaging doesn't have to be complicated. No, there are certain things you need to do with it, but like in regards to that, like I mean, the way that they took those towels and put a ribbon around it, they they essentially convinced you to buy a gift for yourself by presenting it in a giftable way, which I think is so smart. So true. Yes, that's because, so true. It's like because it looks like a gift, right? But I'm like, yes. And this from and most people probably do buy. I wonder what the stats are and like people buying towels for themselves. I mean, I would say. I bet it's mostly people buying them for themselves. Me too. Me too. But see, it makes it feel like it was a gift. The other thing I just thought about is I'm just picturing like when you go into Bed Bath & Beyond, a lot of times the towels are just stacked, but in restoration hardware, they were grouped, you know, and two two bath towels, three little washcloth, like, yeah, or maybe four. So they're, you know, suggesting that you don't just need one towel. No. You need a whole grouping of towels. Right. You need everything for the bathroom. You we need, do. you need you the bath do. towel, you need the hand towel, you need the washcloth. Right. And I think you know it's interesting that you bring this up because I did just record a podcast episode about this idea of taking the packaging, taking the positioning of the product and turning something from like a need into a want. Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly certain I've done a lot of packaging for towels when I worked at Kohl's. Like, yes. Towels and sheets are one of those things where like, you have to have them. Right. You're not usually excited about buying them unless you're like redecorating a room and like coordinating things. But even then it's like, they're not the most exciting thing that you've no, put aren't. your money into. No. Right. But the way that, that Restoration Hardware did that, you were like, I'm really excited about these towels. Yes. Like we yeah. weren't going in there to look at towels. I will tell you that too. Like, I was not <laughs> going in to look at towels. We were going in to look at furniture, but I was like, Ooh, 
at that. Oh, there you go. Man. And see, and yep. this is why we pay attention to packaging people. <laughs> this is why. This is why. And someone smartly, probably at Restoration Hardware, was how do I want this person to feel? Yes. Purchasing it, right? So even then, that's why like how you feel plays such a huge role in your planning process. And I think we kind of neglect that because we go right to that action. Like, what do I need to do? What are the numbers I need to hit? You know, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. It's just, it's just all coming together here. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. it so is. Andrea, how can everybody find you? So I think here are the two easiest ways to find me. Number one, you can find me on social media, Instagram, Andrea.Libros dot coaching or LinkedIn or Facebook, all of them. M what would be probably most beneficial is if you went and listened to the time to level up podcast, where you can find lots of more information about what we talked about today, but a little gift for you guys is I've created two quizzes. So quiz number one really helps you figure out your productivity archetype. Like, why are you, mm. why are you getting done what you're getting done or not getting done? what you're getting done. Okay. This sounds fascinating. Right? So what's your productivity archetype? And then the other quiz is really, where are you in the quest to find more freedom in your business? Like if you feel like you're sucked into your business, what can you change to make things a lot easier? Or where, mm -hmm. what needs attention? So that quiz kind of helps you figure that out. And you can find a link to the quizzes. You can find a link to the podcast. You can find a link to my Instagram. If you go to Andrea's with an S links with an S.com. So Andrea's links.com and you'll find right. all the links to the quizzes or the podcast or the social media. Perfect. We'll also and other ways to notes. contact me and find out, you know, other ways you can work with me or connect all there. Awesome. Awesome. That yeah. is fantastic. Thank you so much, Andrea, for joining me. I I feel so inspired to go tackle my vision and plan for the year and kind of update some things. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right, friends. If updating your packaging to get into retail is one of your goals this year, then I am so excited to share with you my brand new group program, Packaging Launchpad, it is starting its beta on February 13th. And the Packaging Launchpad will teach you to design alluring retail-ready product packaging like a pro in just eight weeks without the complicated software. This is something I am so excited to share with you. There's lots of juicy information in here. I have found a new tool that is absolutely going to blow your mind with how easy it is to design your own packaging, even boxes. I'm going to be talking more about it in the upcoming weeks, but if you want to learn more right now, you can head on over to my website, hiddenpathcreative.com slash packaging hyphen launchpad. Thank you for listening to Product Packaging and Profit, a podcast for product entrepreneurs looking to level up with packaging. We hope you'll join us next time to hear more about how packaging can help propel profitable product businesses. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us wherever you're listening, especially Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And be sure to come back next time. Until then, this is Kelly Kempel of Hidden Path Creative. And don't forget, what's on the outside matters too. <laughs>